We're turning uh, in the Scriptures to the second half of our Bibles, uh, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, if you're using the Church Bible, it's page 1048. Uh, otherwise, Luke uh, chapter 15, if you're using your own Bible. Page 1048, uh, Luke chapter uh, 15. And Luke uh, was an historian. He was a doctor also. So here's a man who has uh, a training uh, in terms of how to write and how to research. And he has uh, researched and written this record of the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. And he's written it for uh, the benefit uh, of uh, a man called Theophilus, who's obviously someone who's seeking uh, God from a, from a Greek uh, background. And so here in Luke chapter 15, um, Luke emphasizes how Christ has come to seek sinners. Page 1048. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hard men have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hard men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And then if you turn through further on in your Bible to Luke chapter 19. Uh, Sorry, I don't have the page number. Maybe someone would give me the page number. Luke. Okay, page 1053, if you're using the church Bible, Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. And here's Jesus, uh, like the shepherd, like the father, like the woman, seeking what was lost. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, But this man too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Amen. Well, let's bow our heads, let's remain seated as we come to the Lord in prayer. So, have you lost anything during the past week? It's a common occurrence, isn't it? In a household, especially where there are children. How often a child will come to its parents and say, Mummy, Daddy, I've lost my watch. I've lost my school tie, my school jumper. That's why school teachers will always tell you that the lost property in school 
is always um, full to capacity. And as adults, when that happens, we tell our children to go and look for it. Go and look for the tie in the school bag, or under your bed, or wherever you undressed yesterday afternoon when you came home from school, and wherever uh, you threw it down behind you. Search until you find it. And sometimes they will come back to us, uh, in fact, maybe often they come back to us and say, I can't find it. And we've got to go. And we've got to search with them. And when we find it, of course, there is great joy and relief. But sometimes they will come back and they will say to us, I found it. Lost, sought, and found. Sometimes a pet gets lost. A cat or a dog and the owner puts a notice uh, up in a shop or in other places around the community. The owner calls in the neighbourhood. Have you seen a cat, a dog that looks like this, that answers to this name? And again, it's lost and they're seeking it uh, with a view to finding it. Sometimes people get lost. Hill walkers. Mountain climbers get lost when a mist or fog comes down unexpectedly and suddenly upon the mountain. Or tragically, sometimes we hear of a fishing boat doesn't come back from sea, from a trip. It has become lost. And when that happens, air and sea rescue parties become involved in what is often a frantic race against time. And what joy, what relief a family has and a community has when someone that has been lost and sought is found alive and well. Those three words, in a very real sense, summarize the message of the Bible. They summarize the gospel. They summarize the Christian faith that we profess and that we preach in our church. Lost, sought, found. The Bible tells us that from God's perspective, all of us, every last person on the face of the earth is lost. But are we sought and if so, by whom are we sought? And how are we sought? And what does it mean for you or for me to be found? And how are we found? This is a theme we want to explore this evening. Uh, as we come to the calendar text for the month of June. And for those of you who are visiting we give out a calendar at the beginning of each year in our community and there's a Bible verse on it uh, for a different verse for each month and usually on the second or third Lord's Day evening in the month I will preach in the text for that month. And the text for tonight is Luke chapter 19 verse 10 the last words that we read there in our scripture reading. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that 
which was lost. The Son of Man is another name for Jesus. The Christ. It's emphasizing the fact that he has come from God. That he is himself God. So we could say God has come in the person of his Son to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's think about it under the three words and the three words are printed on the rear side of your service, of your order of service. Lost. Lost, first of all. That is not my word. That is Jesus' word. That is how Jesus describes the man in this passage, Luke chapter 19, this man's a case. The man in whose house he stands. The man the crowds call a sinner. The man the crowds and the Jewish leaders will keep a distance from. The man the crowds criticize Jesus for spending time with. He is a sinner. And to be lost from Jesus' perspective is to be a sinner. And the same, the opposite is true, or the reverse of that is true. To be a sinner is to be lost. In what sense is Zacchaeus lost? In what sense are you and I lost? Well, to be lost is to be separated from one's rightful owner. When the tie is lost by one of our children, it's become separated from its rightful owner, the one who has it, the one who uses it, the one for whose benefit it exists. When a cat is lost, or a dog, it is separated from its owner, the one who cherishes it, the one who cares for it, the one who has purchased it and provides for it. And a person is lost when he or she is separated from God. From the God who made our world. From the God who made mankind male and female. From the God who cares for mankind providing us with food and clothing and sunshine and rain and springtime and harvest. We are lost when we are separated from the one who created us for himself. And the one who loves and provides for us. You and I are lost when we live away from God. When we're not living in a known sense of his presence. When we reject his love and provision. When we abandon his care. And when we shun his presence. When we live without daily dependence on him without regard for his word or his will, then we are lost. We're sinners. The Bible teaches us that we don't have to become lost. We are by birth and from birth already lost. Born in sin, as the psalmist puts it, and shaped by iniquity. Because your roots and my roots, they go back to Eden. They go back to Adam, our common 
parent. We're all related to each other through Adam. And in Adam and Eden, uh, in Eden, the Garden of Eden, when Adam disobeyed God, he became lost from God, separated by his sin, and we with him, and we in him. The case is that which was lost. Tonight, as God looks down upon you, whom he has made in his image, whom he has made for his glory, whom he has made that you would know him and love him and serve him. Does he see you sitting on the seat that you're on tonight? And does he have to say about you, as was said of Zacchaeus, that which is lost. That which is a sinner. That which is away from me. That which is separated from me by rebellion and disobedience. That which is in danger of my judgment. Lost. But then secondly, sought. Sought. When something that is precious or valuable to us is lost, what do we do? We rightly and understandably seek it. And we will go to great lengths. And we will not have peace of mind, will not be able to settle, will not be able to get on with whatever we're doing if we have lost um, something that's valuable. If a woman or a wife mislays her wedding ring, or engagement ring, or perhaps a piece of jewellery that her husband bought for her, she will not rest content until she has sought that and can put her hand on it and Put it again either in her finger or around her neck or in a safe place. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus told three parables in a row to emphasize the fact that when something is lost, it is sought then by the one who has lost it. Here's a woman and she's lost the equivalent of her engagement ring. And she turns the house upside down and inside out until she finds it. Here's a farmer. And he counts his sheep at the end of the day. And he finds one. Boys and girls. One is missing. 99 are there. Doesn't say it doesn't matter. I've got 99. No he goes out after the one that was lost. Here's a father. And he has two sons. And one decides to stay at home with him. And to be under his authority. And it is home. And the other decides to, to leave the father's house. And the father knows that he's lost his son. And the parable would suggest to us that day by day the father goes out. And he scans the horizon. And he's looking for. He's seeking the son. And he's been praying for the son. And he's wanting the son to come back. Those in the parable and we in our lives, when we lose something, we don't say, what's the odds? We don't say, it doesn't matter. 
No, we, we go to great lengths. No effort is spared in our attempt to find that which is valuable and precious that is lost. And you see, that's what Jesus is saying about human beings like you and me. God didn't say in the fall or even before he made the world and knew that man would sin, he didn't say, what's the odds? He didn't say it doesn't matter. He doesn't say, too bad, that didn't work out. God knew that man would sin before he sinned. And God had put together a rescue package, what we call salvation. And God would send his son to seek that which was lost. No effort would be spared. No um, No effort would be too great in the task of recovering lost sinners. No other being was going to be good enough or adequate enough other than his son to come and to seek that which is lost. That's what Jesus says in verse 10. For, for the son of man has come to seek that which is lost. And that word come is placed right up at the front of the sentence here. Uh, and it's a word filled with emphasis. And it's a, word that, it's a word that's packed full of meaning. It's the idea of come down from heaven. It's speaking of the Son of Man incarnated, born of Mary, born under the law, keeping the law. And seeking his father and obeying his father. All of that is tied up. Because he's come to seek that which is lost. God, in his purpose to recover a people for himself, has sent his son. His son. His eternal son. That has always been with him. As the second person in the Godhead. Now the son has taken flesh and bone. And now he's living on the earth. At the time uh, uh, of the Gospels. To seek uh, what is lost. Zacchaeus. Well who is he? He's a despised man in this society. He's rejected. He's ostracized from the main flow of life. This man is an outcast because of his job and because of his connections and his work and his contacts. And yet do you see that to Jesus he's precious? He's precious. He's as precious as the religious leaders who are always in church and always reading their Bible and always doing good works and always trying to get right with God. This man who is an outcast in the eyes of society is as precious and valuable. And so Jesus says, I have come to seek, yes, even this man Zacchaeus that he might know and love and serve and worship 
and glorify me. And perhaps tonight you don't feel particularly good about yourself. You look at yourself and you say, who am I? And why would the Lord God bother about me? What have I got to offer? And I'm not worthy. And I'm not, perhaps you're even someone tonight who feels that you're pushed to the edge of society. And yet Christ comes to you and he says tonight, I have come to seek what is lost. To seek the Zacchaeus. To seek the one that's pushed and out on the edge of the society. As well as those who are deeply religious. Both need to be sought. Both need uh, to uh, be changed by me. For both the religious and the irreligious are that which is lost. As Christ looks upon you tonight where you sit. Is there that sense in your heart that he's coming and he's seeking you and that he's speaking to you in your life? And he's saying, I have come to save the likes of you. But then let's notice thirdly and finally this evening, lost, sought and found. Found. Something or someone is declared to be found when they are restored to their rightful owner, the sheep to the shepherd, the coin to the woman, the son to the father, the sinner to God, their creator through Christ. Jesus speaks here of the sinner being restored to God as being found. Found. That's the word that he uses. And again, uh, it is a very vivid word. And it's a word that's packed full of meaning. In Luke chapter 15 that we read earlier, when the son, the younger son, came home to the father, what did the father say? This my son was lost and is found. This my son was dead and is alive. Well the son had never died physically. But he was dead spiritually. And he's been made alive spiritually. And he's been brought to God. And he's now reconciled to God. And he's now recognised his sin. And he's now turning from his sin. And confessing his sin. And so Jesus says. He was found and is found. You see, the son is back in the father's house. He's back experiencing the father's love. He's back enjoying the father's lavish provision. He's back sharing the father's possessions and property and inheritance. And he's restored from his rebellion. And he's recovered from his ruin. And that's what it means to be found. To be found is the equivalent in scripture to being saved. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save. 
In other words, when he finds you and me in our sin, he doesn't just look at us and have compassion upon us. No, like the father in the parable, he rushes out to bring us to himself. He finds us. He saves us. He lifts us out of our sin, forgiving us our sin. In the case of the case, and to silence those who label the case a sinner, what did Jesus say? Today, salvation has come to this house. Today, this man, an outcast, this man, a sinner, has been sought by me, and I brought salvation to him and into the very heart of his family through saving him. Now, where did Jesus find this man? Well, in Luke chapter 19, where did Jesus seek him? Well, he sought him in his lostness, as this man purchased himself in a sycamore tree. This man's only wanting to get a glimpse of Jesus. He's heard lots of other people talking about this Jesus and about the change that he makes. And it's a case he just wants to be able to say, but like what you and I might be able to say about the Olympic torch, oh, we've seen it. We've seen it. But Jesus is not content with this man simply glimpsing his being and his power and his glory. Jesus stops at the very tree that the man is up and Jesus speaks to him and Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus' life. Look at what he says uh, to Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I must come to your house. Sought, you see, with a view to saving him. Seeking him to save him. And look at how Zacchaeus responds. He doesn't stay up the tree. He doesn't say, well, Jesus, how can I know you're serious? How can I know you're for real? He doesn't say, Jesus, well, I would like to leave it to another day. I have a bit more that I need to do in life. Now look at verse 6. He made haste. He came down that tree quicker than he went up the tree. Not just because of the force of gravity. Uh, but because of the invitation that was being offered to him. He came down and received him joyfully. Received him. As Christ seeks you tonight. If he's standing by your chair this evening saying, Man, woman, young person, boy or girl, you are lost. And I have come to save that which is lost. And he says to you, make haste, come down. What are you to do? You're to make haste. And you're to come down. And you're to receive him joyfully. Joyfully. And that means very concrete things for this man's case. And it means very concrete things for you and for me to receive the Lord Jesus. It means repentance. Turning from our sin. And this man shows that he's repentant. Because what does he do? 
He says, I give half of my possessions away. I don't need them all. I've amassed a pile of material things. Material's not important. Lord God, you're what matters. He said, if I've taken wrongly, I've got to put it right, Lord God, because you've forgiven me my sins. So there's repentance. And then there's also faith. Notice that little phrase that Jesus said, this man too is a son of Abraham. And what does it mean to be a son of Abraham? Well, Abraham's the father of those who believe. To be the son of Abraham, for the case to be the son of Abraham, he's a man who's believing in the Lord Jesus. And so you and I, uh, we are found when Christ speaks to us and when we, in response to him, make haste and we don't put it off, we get down on our knees and we receive him joyfully in repentance and in faith. Have you been found by Jesus? Is he tonight calling you to repent, to believe, to come down, to receive him joyfully? Do so. And there's joy in heaven. And there'll be joy here on earth also. The Son of Man the Christ, the Son of God, has come to seek what is lost and to save, sorry, what is lost. Lost, sought, and found. Amen. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord God, that you have held back nothing in the purpose of salvation. In the plan of salvation. In eternity, you and your Son agreed that he would come to seek and to save that which is lost. We thank you that in the fullness of time, he did come 2,000 years ago. And in his life, and by his ministry, and by his death, he sought and he has saved that which is lost. And we thank you that we have these examples of how he applied this salvation to people like Zacchaeus then and to people like us now. He says to us, come down, come down from your old way of life. He says to us, repent. He says to us, believe and you will be saved. We pray, Lord God, tonight that those of us who have been saved will continue to repent and believe day by day because that is the way in which we are to live the Christian life. We pray for any not yet saved that tonight they might know that they are lost. But tonight they are sought also by Christ. And tonight they are commanded to repent and to believe so that they can say, I was lost, but now I am found. I was dead, but now I am alive. To the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're singing from um, Psalm 119. Um, the simplest way to find it is to turn to the page number. Uh, page 316, 
and 317 in the Psalms for singing. And you'll find there uh, Psalm 119, page 316, part 22b. That's what we're singing. And we're singing to the tune Hesperus number 14. No, it should be 22B. Can we not sing to that tune? No. Okay, give us a moment then until we get uh, another tune, please. Um, okay, it is. Um, and it lets me draw your attention to the words of verse 6, which um, uh, tie in with what we've been thinking about. I like a lost sheep went astray, thy servant seek and find. Okay, Margaret, are you happy to lead us, please? Sorry, tune 97? 87. 87, okay, tune 87, page 316 uh, and 317, the, the verse there, and then we remain standing, please, for the benediction. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. Amen.